Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to another TRC broadcast. Uh, I'm your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. I uh, want to share some things with you tonight relative to, I guess, a time dispensation of God. Um, tonight, I'm going to just, I'm going to do my best to just talk to you. If that's okay. Is that all right? I just want to talk with you. I just want to share my heart with you share a few things with you, and hopefully God will enlighten you. And some of the things I share, maybe they will, uh, hopefully, they will just explode on the inside of you and cause you to be enlightened about some of the things that are happening in our life. It's not something really deep, but it's just, I'm, I'm just excited to share it with you, and I'm glad you're here. So, Without any further ado, we'll move right on in, and we just thank God for enlightenment of the Word. We thank Him for direction. We covet. We covet, God. We covet your gifts, your guidance, your direction. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus for divine favor. Thank you for ministering the Word of God to us and causing us to be able to see things that we haven't seen before, hear things that we haven't heard before. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you would, if you would give me um, just a second. Uh, thought I had silenced this phone. We don't want any interruptions. So, again, thank you for bearing with me. And let's get ready to just get right on into tonight's word. I want to talk to you from the subject of survival. Are you listening? Survival, success. Or significance. Survival, success, or significance. I heard that phrase at one time when uh, there was an interview going on with uh, Rick Warren years ago. And I remember him making that statement about uh, uh, the dispensation that people live in. And uh, I didn't really get a chance to hear the whole thing. But something went off in my spirit. The Lord brought it back to me uh, again about uh, these stages. But he actually made those relative to not only our lives, but the children of Israel. And I want to share it with the spin that he gave me. So maybe you can, um, uh, you know, identify yourself. And see where you are. See which one of these uh, particular stages that you might be living in. You know, one of the things um, that that I understood about it is that we all live in one of those stages. You either live in survival, you live in a certain measure of success, or you live in significance. One thing I did see out of this is that... You, just like the children of Israel had to go through stages, you cannot live in either one of these stages simultaneously. Are you listening? You are in one or the other. And my hope is, is that you are able to identify where you are and just understand with the power of God, the help of God, the Word of God, you do not have to stay in any of these stages. Well, you would probably want to stay in the latter, uh, significant. However, we're going to uh, go on and, uh, and, and break this down the way the Lord showed me. Um, he's, here, This most people struggle 
to survive. Most people are in that mode of survival. Most people in the world, uh, they, and, and we're going to break down each one of these dispensations and the characteristics of them. So, uh, most people are in that survival mode. You know, it's that, uh, that, that, that mode where you're just keeping your head above water. Yet, the, uh, the majority of Americans are striving for success. They want to live in the success mode. But yet, fewer people are living in a mode where they find significance. And we're going to see how, how this plays out here. Now, uh, in that, I saw the three errors. Not error, but the ERA. The error of Egypt, the wilderness, and Cain. And this is what God showed me in regards to these three, three stages of life. Uh, Israel, where they spent over 400 years in Egypt. They came out of Egypt, and they spent those 40 years in the wilderness. And then they entered into Canaan. Now, let's see a little bit about this uh, survival. Let's first understand and define what survival is. Survival is the state or the fact of continuing to live or exist. Typically, in spite of bad decisions, are you listening? Or difficult circumstances. This is survival. When you have a pattern of living life in and uh in, in circumstances where you are living in the effects of bad decisions or difficult circumstances. I don't know, maybe, and through this pandemic, it has thrown a lot of things at us. And one thing, you know, I said on the last time we spoke is that different situations, they come and they pass, but bad habits stay forever. Are you listening? Yes, you can come out of them. But if you don't come out of them, they will produce the same thing over and over and over. Now, people that are in survival mode, their main focus is, is, is getting from point A to point B. This is, what they, this is what they do. This is a lifestyle. It's like when they wake up in the morning, they look at the next place that they need to get. And so they basically say, if I can just get from point A, if I can just navigate through these dilemmas, navigate through these situations, navigate through all of these problems and the things that become cycles in my life, this is what they do. And so they navigate. They also uh, focus on staying afloat. You know, it's that, uh, it's that good times mentality, keeping your head above water. You understand what I'm saying? So they, they, they fight to just stay above the curve, if you understand what I'm saying. And they uh, live a life of constantly connecting paychecks from paycheck to paycheck, being one paycheck from a dilemma, one paycheck from a catastrophe. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is that survival mode. 
It's like everything has to stay connected one to the other. There is not much breathing room. And most people live like that. And some of them is because of some of the bad decisions we made in the past. Some of us are still trying to overcome some of those things that we chose to do. And it has put us in a vice. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So this is the survival mode. And while we're doing all of this, we are hoping to God that nothing else unexpected happens while we are in that cycle. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So we, 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 we battle this day to day. When we get up, we're exhausted. When we go to bed, we're exhausted. Throughout the middle of the day, we are exhausted. Because it takes a lot of energy to keep yourself jacked up to a place that you have to constantly fight with no rest. All the time, it's a, it's a dilemma. It's a battle to, to be had. And it will wear you out. It will zap your strength and your creativity. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And God never intended for us, his children, to have to live like that. But if the truth be known, many of us are living in that stage of survival mode. You know, the Bible says in Romans, it says, now are you more than a conqueror. It didn't say we were survivors. It said we were more than a conqueror. So God is saying is that all of the things that are thrown at us, we are more than a conqueror. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, like Israel, when they were spending this time in Egypt, the only thing they had was hope, but no real plans. And many of us live like that. We live on hope. And the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. But we live on hope, but we don't have any really real constructive plans. We don't have a plan to move from, from our dilemma to a better way of living. We don't have plans. We just survive day to day. We just survive event to event. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's not God's best for you. And eventually, you cannot sustain a continual lifestyle like that before it wears you all the way down. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So even when they were in Egypt, their whole life, their whole decisions, everything about them was controlled by other people. Have you ever been like that? That you couldn't really make any decisions on your own. Everyone was making their decisions for you. You were not living like a son with privileges. You were living like a slave with orders. Are you listening? That's not God's best for you. If you go and look in the word of God, God gave us the right to peace. He gave us the right to be able to decide how we live. And he gave us... He empowered us to be able to attain it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, Egypt represents a time of life that there are constant needs, broken dreams, promises that maybe this is the day 
that everything will change. You ever been like that? You got up, and every morning that you get up and your feet hit the floor, you say, God, maybe this is the day that things change. Let me tell you something. That's a life of survival. When that is your, your aspirations, when that is what inspires you to get up every day, is that maybe this is the day that I break free from all of that. I'm telling you, you are not under a taskmaster such as that. God is giving you the ability to live above that. Are you listening? Now, let me ask you this question. What if this was the day? What if this was the day that you did change? <clears throat> what if this was the day that you did break free? What if this was the day you had some control over your life? What if this was the day that your transition did occur and you went from survival mode and you went to a success mode? Let's just look at this here. What is success? Most people fresh out of the survival mode believe that they should focus on success before finding any significance. It's such a freedom to break free from oppression. Break free from depression. Break free from old relationships. Break free from all of these things. And we don't, uh, we don't pursue any significance, but we pursue the benefits of the freedom. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so, therefore, we still don't have any real plans, but we break free. And you look at this. You know, um, most people, you know, you have to ask yourself the question. If God came in today and turned my captivity and changed my situation, you have to ask yourself this question. What then would I live for? Would you ask yourself that question? What if the things that you're standing for and believing for and the things that you want most were to happen in your life, what then would you live for? Most people think that when they find success, they will find satisfaction. But success and satisfaction are not necessarily synonymous. Success and satisfaction are not necessarily brethren. You can have success without having satisfaction. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, let's take a look at this. If you, if you find, what would you live for? Would you serve yourself or would you learn to serve others? Ask yourself that question. If I found success in my life, would I serve myself? Would I finally, you know, um, achieve all the things I would like to achieve or would you serve others? Is this where you would live to make your presence known or would you learn how to make your absence felt? See, it's a difference. People spend a lot of time trying to be recognized, trying to be noticed, trying to acquire significance thinking that's what's going to make them successful. But worldly significance is temporary. That will not necessarily, and we're gonna, I'm going to show you why. 
is not going to necessarily make you a person of significance when you achieve it through worldly methods. Now, I want to share this with you. Success without significance, I just said, is temporary. It represents the wilderness. It is the birthplace of an it is, and the wilderness is the birthplace of identity crisis and midlife crisis. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's the time of life when people generally try to find themselves. See, because you remember the children of Israel were lost. They were lost in the wilderness. They were not far from their destiny, but they had no understanding of how to get there. They were lost. And many people who find success without significance, they are still lost. And they enter into an identity crisis. They enter into a midlife life crisis. Many times what happens is they end up uh, with, with, with a sports car or a mistress. <laughs> are you listening? Why? Trying to retain their youth because they don't feel any significance even though they have acquired some success. They have built their uh, financial situations. They have stabilized their lives to where now they can do a little thing that they would like to do. They can have some of the things that they want to do. But in it all, they lost themselves. And during the midnight, mid, midlife crisis, this is the time where we find that priorities generally change. Priorities change. Why? Because what used to be important is not important anymore. You work to attain, uh, attain all of these status uh, symbols. However, you are still in a place right now where there, you are full of dissatisfaction. And you know, one thing about it is you're dissatisfied. You lost your identity. You're living with regrets. And your priority changes. Now, this is the time that you learn how to take care of yourself physically. Your health becomes a priority. You become, that matters now. Where before you spent your time, your money, your health, you spent all of that trying to acquire significance. And you understand that through the financial means, uh, through the big house, the beautiful car, through all of these things in order to acquire significance, you find out that your success in that avenue flows with the economy. Because as the economy increases or decreases, and it does all the time, so does your net worth. It decreases. The things that you hustled for, the things that you fought for, not realizing that you have put your destiny and your purpose on the back burner trying to acquire something that's temporary. Now, listen to me. Success in that aspect ends the very day that you die. That success ends. Why? Because everything that you worked for, everything that you fought for, everything that was important to you is transferred to someone else. And even if you could determine who got it, who got your wealth, who got your acquisitions, who got your stocks, who got your, your car, even if you could choose who got all of those things, 
it is always someone else other than you. You are the last one on the list at that time. I heard a guy say one time, you never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. See, what we deem as important is not important. It kind of reminds me of, in many instances we see in the Bible, when people were on a ship and the ship was starting to sink, all the things they carried with them, they begin to prioritize. And they start throwing them overboard. Because they thought they were important until it came down to it or their very lives. And on the scale of priorities, they had no eternal value. They had no, uh, they had no value whatsoever. They had no monetary value. There are no shopping malls on the ocean. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say to you is, and I'm leading up to the significance, your significance. Well, I let, let, me, let me just continue to go on right now. The Bible says that the children of Israel, they left Egypt on a high hand. And according to Exodus chapter 12, verse 35, the Bible says that they left with jewels of silver, they left with jewels of gold, and they left with raiment. They left with all of these things that they never had themselves. But they, the Bible says they borrowed them from the Egyptians. Now, you know, I can tell you right now, I don't know if that was a, a, a true definition. They borrowed them because, you know, uh, they were not going back. However, somewhere in their transition between bondage, between uh, Egypt, and between their destiny, those things did them no good. They left with them, but they died in the wilderness. They died trying to achieve success. They died trying to uh, achieve success without significance. Success without uh, uh, their destiny being fulfilled. Success without a purpose. God had a purpose for them. God had a plan, just like he has for you. But are you taking this time to build up your earthly kingdom, and yet you have no spiritual significance. Why are you here? Why were you born? There are accidental parents, but there are never accidental children. You are here for a reason. Why? Do you ask yourself, stop for a minute and say, my everyday life, the cycle of my life, if I had to give an account of it today, am I fulfilling my dream or God's plan? Are you listening? Because, as I stated before, you're not living in them both simultaneously unless you have achieved significance through your purpose. Now, we, we, we will talk more about that. Um, what is significance? Let's, let's talk about significance now. Significance is the quality of being important, having meaning, being meaningful, having or likely to have influence. That's significance. 
having influence. Now, listen. One thing about significance, significance will outlast you. See, when you when you die, your significance will still carry on. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Significance is tied to your purpose. Your purpose and walking in your purpose is what makes you significant. It's what makes you needful. It is what leaves your legacy. It is what causes people to want to imitate your lifestyle. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. What he's saying to you is, the life that you live right now, would someone want to copy that as a pattern of significance? How You know, on the grand scheme of things, in the world, the pyramid, is, it starts with the one person on top and everyone else serving that person. This is inverted in the kingdom of God. And your significance is not predicated on how many people serve you, but how many people you serve. Not how many people need you. I mean, you need how many people need you. See, this is, the, this is what I said before about the difference between uh, making your presence known as opposed to making your absence felt. Is that how it is on your job? When you're not there, do people miss you? Do they know you're not there? Do they know that the job you left to be done is difficult and they can't wait till you come back? <laughs> or when you leave, they say, good riddance. <laughs> it's so much better without you being here. Is that what they say? See, what I'm saying to you is right now, significance has a lot to do with finding your purpose. Finding your God-given purpose. Not your self-chosen purpose. Are you listening to me? Now, Canaan represented the destiny of the children of Israel. Their purpose being fulfilled. In the midst of that, they inherited survival because they had to survive in order to reach their destiny. So survival was a part of it that was just given because they were pursuing their destiny. The ones that arrived in Canaan. All of them didn't because it was something about that freedom that they enjoyed so much they forfeited their purpose. Let's continue to live here. See, so they also inherited success by becoming significant. See, we got the cart before the horse. If you ask God, and I like this, uh, Dr. Murdoch says, he says uh, that you were born in order to solve a problem. And there are problems that you encounter every day that you were born and created in order to solve for someone else. Are you listening? So, 
it requires courage in order for us to become significant because the first thing you have to do is you have to engage in a confrontation with yourself and all the things that are hindering you from pleasing God, hindering you from walking with God. Your life, you have to know, is so much bigger than a nine to five. Your life is so much bigger than coming home and cooking dinner in the afternoon. Your life is so much bigger. You are designed. See, I like this too that Dr. Murdoch says. You are known by two things in life. The problems you create or the problems you solve. God has given you a mandate in order for you to go forward. In order for you to resolve issues in the lives of others because we are not here forever. This is not our home. This is your training ground. This is the place that God entrusts you with your garden, just like he did with Adam. But if you don't fare well with your garden, you will lose control over your world. This is one of the reasons why people are living in chaos because they've lost control of their garden and so they have lost authority and dominion over their world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Here we find that when you unpack your issues, when you confront yourself, when you unpeel the issues that keep you messy, out of balance, out of order, out of sync with God and the person that God created you to be. You live in turmoil and you toil. The Bible says that you will live by the sweat of your brow. That's why everything seemed to come hard. That's why everything seemed to come tough. You're out of sync with the cycle of God. You're out of sync with what God called you to be. We, we look at all of these issues in today and in and, and today's society and we don't realize that God called us to supersede these things, not to get engulfed by these things, not to be under the control of these things. He said you are the head, not the tail. That means you are here to lead, not to follow. Now, you are here to follow his order, but you are not here to follow the pattern of this world. It's much bigger than that. So, are you listening? Now, this is where Colossians chapter 3, the Bible says, somewhere around verse 2, it says to set your affections on the things that are above where Christ sit at the right hand of the Father. Set your affections. In other words, don't allow the world that you live in to determine how high you can go in this life. When you set your affections on the things that are above where Christ lives, sits at the right hand of the Father, then what you have done was you have set your destiny above all of the things right now that has enslaved you. 
all of the things right now that has caused you problems. All of the things that keep you awake at night. All of the things that won't allow you to sleep. All of the bad relationships and the, and, and the repetition of, of error. And all of these things that you constantly are battling. Yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But they are not all self-induced. Some of these things come to knock you off of the pedestal. To knock you off of the path that God called you to be on. To knock you off of your purpose. To knock you out of your destiny. But God has said, when you keep your eyes on me, I am not only the author, but the finisher of your faith. And I am waiting to receive the end of your faith. So he's saying, stay focused. Focus eliminates distraction. When you stay focused on where you're going, you are not controlled by where you've been. We've all made mistakes, but your past should never have the power to make your future consult it for you to progress in life. Your past has never got that power, and your future should never be so weak that it demands that it consults your past for approval. This is a new day. And God has called you to do greater things than you ever done. Bigger things than you ever done. And everything God called you to do is going to be bigger than you. If you like control, you will never stretch yourself beyond the boundaries of what you are capable of doing. And so therefore, if it's not bigger than you, there is no room in it for God. Are you listening? What are you faced with right now? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the dreams? What are some of the things that God told you to achieve? Stop letting fear rob you of your God-given destiny, your God-given talents, your God-given space. God is always going to give you something that requires his assistance. Let me finish this. The Bible says your life, verse 3 of Colossians, is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hidden. You don't see all of the answers. You don't see the direction. But that's why the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps. God order your footsteps in steps. Why? It will require his assistance. It will always require faith. Listen to what I'm saying. What is it that is causing you to struggle? What is it you are afraid of? What is it that keeps you from getting up with optimism every day? What is it that is causing you to sit back like, like Goliath came out every day and began to shout at Israel. He was messing with them psychologically. That's what the enemy would do. He will first start with psychological warfare. He will begin to tell you you can't before you try. And if you buy into it, you will never try. His purpose, like Goliath, is to keep you in a, in a foxhole, to keep you bound to keep you from trying, to keep you from knowing the truth about your destiny. 
How long will you allow him to shut you down? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. How long will it keep you from getting out of your bed knowing that you are a conqueror when your feet hit the floor? How long? See, this is listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that the servant of the Lord must not strive, argue or dispute, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, instructing those who oppose themselves. If God peradventure, perhaps God would give them the repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy who are taken captive by him at his will. You can recover yourself. You don't need the devil to let you go. You can just go. Are you listening? The person you are opposing is yourself. You are opposing your God-given destiny. You are opposing the pattern that, and the plan that God has for you. Are you listening? Survival wears you out with distraction. When all you do is just survive, you are distracted by all the lies of the enemy, all the obstacles he's put in your face, telling you you never can. Success from a worldly as aspect makes you always the focus. It makes you the object of success. I got to get more, but see, success is never satisfied because the Bible says lust is never satisfied. You can never have enough. So success in that aspect is constantly Needs feeding. It clouds success. Clouds your priorities. It always makes you focus on the wrong thing. It keeps you out of sync with God. Keeps you out of sync with God's plan. It keeps you out of sync with your God-given abilities. Significance, on the other hand, will give you survival. You have to live to accomplish significance. It'll give you success because it is a byproduct of being significant. And it always focuses on others. Jesus came and he focused on other people. He came knowing that his purpose would be fulfilled when he focused on other people. That was his heart. Are you in alignment with Jesus? Are you in alignment with your God-given destiny? Or are you just one to get up every day, work a nine-to-five, come back home, watch TV, and that is the sum total of your life, and there have no God-given uh, abilities being utilized, you are not, if you know, you don't want to be like one that wouldn't be missed. You're listening. Stop fighting to make your presence known. 
resonated with me. Rather make your absence felt. You are born to be significant. You are born to matter. You are born to change all of the lives around you. Stop allowing fear to run your life and to rob your destiny. I want to pray with you because like I said, I wanted to talk with you. But I want to pray with you. I want you to make a conversion here today. I want something that was said to challenge you to live above the fear that's been holding you, to live above the lies that the enemy has kept you in a foxhole. It's time for you to come out and know you are destined to win. Not now, before you were born. You were destined to win. But you're listening to too many voices. Whatever it is that challenges you, whatever it is that keeps you backed up, whatever it is that keeps you in a foxhole, whatever it is that robs you of your best life is not of God. So if this has reached your heart, I want to pray for you, and I want you to receive the Word of God. Receive God's Word. This is for you today. This is no coincidence that God is speaking this because we're about to embark on a whole nother level of living. And if you are going to be where God wants you to be, you are going to have to get rid of that fear, get rid of that bondage. You're going to have to rise to the occasion so God can use you in this next dispensation of our lives. Father, I pray for them right now. I pray for the listeners, for the hearers. I pray that something was said today that will challenge them to know that they were not accidental. To know that you have a plan for them. To know that you have already ordained victory. No more will they walk in fear. No more will they walk in error. No more will they walk ashamed. No more will their past dictate their future. Just like you said with Lazarus. You first said Lazarus had to come forth. And even though Lazarus came forth like many of them have, they're still bound in the grave clothes. So right now, by the authority of Jesus, I command those grave clothes that has held them down since they've walked in the resurrected life, loose them and let them go. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that Lord, they are free to come forward and walk in the newness of life. And there will not be one that will remain bound by your authority, by your word, and by your sovereign will. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for the word. Thank you for inspiration and encouragement. And thank you for truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you have heard the word tonight, allow it to saturate your spirit. I knew God wanted me to just talk with you and to encourage you tonight. This is your day. This is your day. What are you going to do? Are you going to believe the word of God? Are you going to believe the integrity of the spirit of God? Or are you going to allow the lies of the devil to continue to control your life? Make the choice today. Make the choice today. So whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, choose to have survival. Choose to have success because you're walking in significance. So therefore, whatever you do, you will always keep it real.